Ladies and gentlemen, how do you are listening to the Synapse Films Podcast, a journey into the world of Synapse Films. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. The killer is coming. The killer's gonna get you. I'm just crazy about this store. I've been expecting you. You thought Iron Maiden was a heavy metal band. <laughs> I'll drink my flavor. Welcome to the Synapse Films Podcast. I am Timo Sabin. Some folks in the horror community know me as Timo. I will be your host on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Greetings, friends, and thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. Now, if you've been listening to the last couple episodes, you may have realized by now that the format of the show is basically uh, a conversation with Jerry Chandler, hopefully Don May at some point, but uh, Don May... Now, if we distract Don from his mad scientist laboratory, uh, that could potentially push back some of these releases, and there's no one that wants any of that. So Jerry Chandler has been kind enough to offer his services, of course, to uh, to chat with myself and, and you, the friends of Synapse, uh, every episode about news and things that are going on at Synapse Films. Then Jerry and I discuss a film or two that's in the Synapse Films catalog, and then uh, we bring in a guest uh, to, I call it, have like a, a movie nerd talk about the same film that, that Jerry and myself have had. So that is, yes, that is a format we have done for the last couple episodes, and you will certainly be hearing that going forward in future episodes. However, this episode is a very special one for us here at Synapse. If you've been following the, the podcast so far, you'll know that we just got back from Flashback Weekend up in Chicago, one of the yearly convention stops for us here, and of course, one of our favorites. And not only are conventions like Flashback a good opportunity uh, to sell some of the product, but most importantly, and way more importantly, it is a chance to get to talk face-to-face uh, with fans, and we call them friends, of what we do here at Synapse Films. So what we thought we would do was invite a few friends that were handpicked by Jerry himself to say a little something uh, about Synapse, uh, about Don, about Jerry, about the movies, about the work they do, anything that they want to do, how they met. Uh, just invite some of the friends that we've made along the way that have made a special place in the hearts of everyone at Synapse. So Jerry and I will do a little reminiscing about the good time we had, and we will be speaking to some of the friends of Synapse coming up. So before we get to that and before we talk to Jerry, a couple things wanted to go through real quick. Uh, we will be at Horror Hound Weekend in Cincinnati, September 10th through 12th. Uh, you can go to horrorhoundweekend.com to find out hotel information and information to get tickets there. Uh, also, remember to keep your eye out and the pre-orders for the Demons and Demons 2 4K and Demons and Demons 2 Blu-rays that will be coming out very, very soon. I believe the street date is October. 
let's see. Yes, October 19th. So get your pre-orders in for that. Uh, also, um, remember, you can email me with questions pertaining to the podcast, if you would like. It is tim at synapsefilms.com. Send me an email if it is about the podcast or a question about it, uh, or maybe even something that I could ask Jerry. A general question. Again, please don't send an email where is an order that I've placed. That's not my department. I haven't got a clue. Uh, let's see here. We did get an email from Robert in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So if you do send an email... Uh, Let me know your name and where you're from so I can read it if I read your question, if you so choose. If you would like me not to, please request that when you send the question in the email. The question is a perfect question, a good example for something to send that I will read on air and answer. Who is performing the intro music for the show? Aha, very good question. It is Dead Dick Hammer. The song is Resurrection from the CD album, whatever you kids call it today, uh, called Res Erection. Mm-hmm. Res-Erection. So if you dig that tune, you would certainly dig the rest of their record. And if you like non-PC rockabilly, heavy, heavy rockabilly music, you will absolutely love it. Again, Dead Dick Hammer from the album Res Erection, and the song is Resurrection. So there you go. All right. First question from the Synapse Films podcast audience, and it's a good one. I should have mentioned that before, but I'm mentioning it now. So let us move forward, and uh, let's jump right in here with my conversation with Jerry about flashback and uh, get to the conversations we had uh, with our special hand-picked friends all the way from Flashback Weekend. Hello, Jerry. Hey, Tim. How's it going? It's going good. Or should I say, hello, master. <laughs> we have, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Chandler, otherwise known as the master. Manos, Hands of Fate, which translates to? Hands, the Hands of Fate. (laughs) So nice, they named it twice. (laughs) Right, right. So we just got back. uh, At this point, everyone's like, all right, uh, we're like two minutes in. What the hell are they talking about already? So uh, we just got back from Flashback Weekend in Rosemont, Illinois, right outside of Chicago, Jerry did a little uh, a little master cosplay from the film Manos Hands of Fate. That was a pretty big hit, Jerry. Thank you very much. I, you know, credit has to go out to Jackie, the little girl from uh, Manos, who grew up and and I met her. She was doing some shows, and I met her, and uh, she uh, offered to make me one of those. Uh, and it's just beautiful. I think uh, I think it's an exact replica of the one they used. When you pulled that thing out, I was like, well, I didn't expect to see that today. (laughs) You know, I've never done anything like that before. And I just saw it in my closet and I said, you know what? I think I'll I'll wear that. I think I'll give it a shot. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest. Everybody was so nice and kind. They said nice things. Right. Uh, One guy uh, on Facebook said, not the master, the master baiter. (laughs) 
<laughs> I loved it. Okay, it was funky as hell. Right. Uh, thumbs up to Mike Watt. Uh, you're a funny guy, and I'll fix you in, in uh, Cleveland at Cinema Wasteland. I, I got your number, pal. Anyways. Jerry, though, I have. Uh, let me tell you something, especially uh, after being cooped up for, geez, are we going on two years now with this this pandemic thing or whatever after being yeah yeah after being cooped up could could you think of a better time to have been had uh no you know i was telling some of the the folks you know look i've been doing these shows for going on 20 years almost 20 years and you know they don't get easier to do as you age contrary to popular belief (laughs) uh you know so i remember a couple of years ago, telling my wife and Don and anybody who listened, you know, oh, these shows, they used to be fun. Now they're, you know, aches and pains and oh, it's so, so much work. Man, you don't know what you have till it's gone. Right. That's all I can say. It was such a pleasure. I enjoyed every moment from lugging in the boxes to lugging out the boxes and everything in between. Right. It was just great and and plus man you know our staff uh you your wife uh dave kosanke who hasn't been with us in three years jen and ryan and my daughter noah yeah wow that was that was like a weekend in heaven just for the company we were keeping Mm. plus seeing the ultra fans the ultra synapse fans yeah you know Oh, my God. It was so nice to see those people. I mean, what is an ultra fan? I Some people come up and they're kind and they say nice words and they enjoy your company and stuff. And they buy a few things and they walk away. But some people, over the years, they come year after year and, you know, they get into your heart. You know, you start seeing, a, you know, hanging with them after the show, like in the evenings, dinners, uh, partying in the rooms and stuff like that. And before you know it, they're part of you. Right. And like uh, Jen and Ryan met at our table. Now they're getting married and, and stuff. Dave was a fan. I mean, you know, and so there's levels of fandom. Uh, these guys have, uh, it's like the sperm and the egg. These sperms have penetrated the synapse egg <laughs> and they're now part of us, you know. Right. There's other people right around the outside that, you know, that are just so wonderful. And I was so happy to see them. Right. It was so great to see them. They're healthy. You know, they're still kicking and they're still happy to, you know, to see us, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, I, do, really- do you think that it would be a little annoying that maybe next time instead of doing the master cosplay, we could do like sperm and egg cosplay, like synapse sperm and egg. <laughs> and we could just like keep bumping into you and Don. Tim, you're just dropping that idea on me now, and I'm sure if I thought about it really hard, I would come up with the idea that it was a, actually a very good idea. <laughs> but I don't have the time or inclination, so I'm just going to say no right now. Okay, very good. That's a, that's the correct answer, by the way. Very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the weekend, <laughs> now, you didn't burn that brain cell out this past weekend, so very good. Now, I have my finger on a particular button, which is going to make it, impossible for you to delete this this okay. is actually going to go out when the podcast goes out there's nothing you can do about it oh no because my fingers on that uh imaginary button holy cow but i want to tell all the people out there that tim osaban your host 
does the most amazing Torgo <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And the next time we're together, it's going to be the master in Torgo, <laughs> not just the master. And Tim knows that. Yeah. It's <laughs> so. There you have it. Who who else could walk around with that odd gait and act that ripped besides myself, I right? I swear, you, your feet are on backwards. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I don't either, actually. It's a lot of like bad back problems. It was actually much more comfortable than walking like a human when I started doing it. So, <laughs> hey, I think I figured something out. So. Well, you know, and also the lyrics, Goat Boy, you sounded ex- more like Torgo than Torgo did. <laughs> was my imitation chilling? <laughs> it was spot on. I, I don't know what the master sounds like. I don't. <laughs> he sounds voiced Maybe over to me. Just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. I think I think I'll be the strong, silent type next time, and let you do the talking because you are the most amazing Torgo I've I've ever heard. So we do have to do that, and we got to get the girls dressed up in togas. Right, right. So we could be politically incorrect. Well, that's all I am, so that's perfect. That sounds great. <laughs> One person, Jerry, that I was very disappointed, uh, th- uh, we missed Don. Don was not able to attend, and I'll tell you, the guy is is elusive, Jerry Chandler. He is, I tell you what, he has to be at least three-quarters chupacabra. <laughs> Well, here, here, you know, listen, we, we, you, we try and give a news item every podcast right. and, and your question is rolling right into it. That's a good question. You know, at the end of the day, Synapse is made up of me and Don and, you know, we have a lawyer and accountant and then we have our freelance people and our, our support staff of, of which you and your beautiful wife are now a permanent members and mm-hmm. thank God because you guys are great. Thank you. But because there's only me and Don, we really, you know, I don't know how to put it without sounding like a, a weenie, but you know, we, we, <laughs> since we moved to our new distributor MVD, we seem to be, they're doing a lot better job of sales than our old distributors. Right. So we're getting, Don and I are tending to get busier and busier. And then, you know, when a project, you know, first of all, no one knew what we were working on and it's almost done now. So now we're going to start talking about it because you remember the lesson we learned from Suspiria right. and a million other projects. So what happened was Don said, look, I can go, but if I go, it's going to delay everything by at least two weeks mm-hmm. because, you know, we use freelance people that work with us in their spare time. They have regular jobs at big uh, studios like uh, Spencer, who does our audio work, works at a major company in downtown Detroit that does commercials for the automakers and stuff like that. So, you know, he, he the only way we could work with him is when he has an opening or after hours at night or whatever. That's how difficult it is. So if you decide to take off for a couple of days, who knows when those people can clear up their schedule? So I think Don was actually being optimistic when he said it's going to be at least two weeks. It could be longer. You have to take their availability while you have it. And they could have canceled anyways at the last second. Right. But, you know, fans wonder why things take us five years. You know, we're trying to do better. But this is 
So he said, Jerry, I can't do the show. I just can't. Mm -hmm. So here's the, you know, that was bad. And it was sad for a lot of the fans that really wanted to see and talk to Don. But here's the flip side of that. And here's your news item. Don will have both the Blu-ray and 4Ks of Demons and Demons 2 done by Friday of this week, and they will be heading to replication, which means everything's going to be on time for that fall release, and you right. better get your orders in because it's limited. The, the, the 4K set's limited, and the Blu-ray set's limited. There's, we're only going to do X number of pieces. Uh, Don hasn't decided how many yet, but it's going to be around four to 6,000. That's okay. it. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, that there's been slowdowns due to COVID and a plastic shortage. You've heard, everybody's heard of the uh, computer chip shortage. Well, there's also a plastic shortage, and uh, it's been throwing the, the replicators way back. But if somehow we get those discs out of there, we will bring some to... Horror Hound Cincinnati, and if not then, we really hope that, that we would have them in Cleveland for Cinema Wasteland. Basically, it's definitely worthwhile to walk up at Horror Hound to check and see if they are there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it would be if you're interested in that set. And, you know, uh, we've been asked the question, why aren't we just doing a 4K? Why are we redoing the, the Blu-rays of Demons and Demons 2. And the answer is that it's a significant enough improvement in both the picture and sound that it'll be worth even the Blu-ray people to upgrade. And then we were also asked, are we going to continue to sell the old versions? And yes, and the reason why is those versions are going to be a lot cheaper. For those budget-oriented people, they'll still be able to get their $20 DVD and $25 Blu-ray. Mm. Uh, those that want to upgrade or, uh, you know, the new versions will have tons and tons of extras. Remember, the old uh, DVDs and Blu-rays had no extras on them at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to just, you know, anybody can pick anything they want. It, you know, if you're a... You're just interested in seeing uh, demons for the first time, then buy the old Blu-ray. It's still the best thing on the on the market currently regarding demons. It's mm -hmm. amazing. If you have that and you want to see something even better, buy the new Blu-ray or buy the 4K. But if you don't want any of that, no one's holding a gun to your head. Don't buy it. <laughs> right. Just don't hate us for right. making all these things available. <laughs> what a, a question that I've been asked is why didn't you release Demons separately and Demons 2 separately and do a 4K Blu-ray combo for each individual film? Why did you why did you guys decide to go with Demons and Demons 2 on Blu-ray and Demons and Demons 2 on 4K? You know, I think it was just a creative decision by Don. I mean, we experiment with different formats, so to speak. I mean, uh, we, we did combos for a while. We do this and that for a while. We just, you know, we're, we're experiment. We're, you know, we do what we feel like doing at the time. So right, it's right. probably a better Don question than a Jerry question because sure. that's kind of his creative uh, 
control, but, you know, regardless, it's a limited edition, and uh, they will be available separately once the limited edition sell out in a more common edition, you know. And so, so the the old the older demons, the first demons that you guys are put out, are you guys going to let those go out of print? Or are you going to keep selling those as a separate a separate product? Well, as long as people want them, we'll allow them to continue as a separate product because the transfer is not as good, and it doesn't they don't have any of the extras, but they are a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are not interested in transfers or extras; they just want to see the movie. And those older versions will be for them because the older versions are still the best versions of Demons and Demons 2 that you could find anywhere from anyone. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's a bad second choice, you know, if you want to save a few bucks. Right. But if you're a Demons fanatic and you want the upgrade and you want those extras you may have missed by not buying the steel books, plus new extras, more extras, mm-hmm. then the new sets are for you, and you might want to get the limited one versus waiting a couple years down the road when we release them individually. It's worth coming by the table and asking, right? At Horror House. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. We right. got our fingers crossed, and we'll see what we can do. Great. So, um, as you mentioned, we had some uh, great people at the table. Me and Angie, like to thank everybody for making us feel so welcome. We had fun. Well, especially for me, talking movie nerd stuff. <laughs> me, you know, especially <laughs> Ryan and Dave. You know, that was a lot of fun too. A uh, little special shout out to Dave Kosanke. Uh, gave me a couple of his fanzines, uh, Liquid Cheese, and I. Uh, I had to confess, I had not read an issue of Liquid Cheese before he gave me those. And man, are they cool! They're very good, oh, yeah. and he's a good writer. He's a funny writer, yep. too. I was laughing while I was reading it. Very subtle, kind of dry humor, which is what I like. Very, very yeah. funny stuff. So it was good and, and very intelligent, too. So Let um, me tell you something. Dave Kosanke is a wonderful guy, and it was such a pleasure to have him back. He had to drop out. You know, uh, would you like to hear how I met? Those oh, yeah, guys? absolutely. Absolutely. Back in the day, I don't know, maybe 200 years ago, <laughs> when we were doing uh, Cinema Wasteland, there was a, a guy, he was a customer, very good friend. His name was Tony Simonelli, and he used to have a site called uh, Exploited Cinema. Mm-hmm. And every show, Dave and Ryan would work with Tony. But it got, and you know, I would always look at them longingly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and right. one day as the master they, of course know, right <laughs> yeah were you sending your mind beams toward them like influencing them <laughs> uh, my mind beams uh they don't work so well anymore okay. but anyways you know so things changed in tony's life and i'm i'm still not sure what exactly happened but he decided that the, the business was no longer for him mm-hmm. and he said look guys you know I'm not going to be buying all those DVDs and Blu-rays from you anymore. And it's like, oh, that's sad, well, you know, but let's stay friends and whatever. Well, when that show came to an end on Sunday, Dave and Ryan came up to my table and said, hey, we just lost our show job with Exploited. Can we come and work for you? And I said, well, under one condition. And they go, what? I said, once you start, your mind forever until there's no more synapse. Then you could go look for someone else to work with. 
<laughs> and they agreed. There you and go. that was such a great day. I mean, that was amazing. And, uh, and uh, you know, Ryan met Jen at our table. She was a fan. She used to come by. And one, one show, she came by, and, and they hit it off. And now they're going to get married. And, uh, you know, that's the biggest Synapse success story ever. Mm-hmm. But, Dave, for personal reasons, I'm not quite sure what they were, but he said, hey, you know, I have to drop out of this for my for my personal life. And I said, absolutely. And when you're ready to come back, your spot will be saved. Well, guess what? He came back. And it wasn't like he missed a beat. I mean, he is so engaging and bright and you know talk about somebody who never has anything negative to say about anyone or anything mm-hmm. i mean that i love people like that because i'm i'm a kind of a negative kind of person so <laughs> i need to counterbalance me mm-hmm. and all you guys are like that and i respect that so much you know so yeah i'm i'm super happy you got to meet dave dave ryan and jen are and my daughter are our hardcore crew yeah and you know, if you and your wife, you know, the positions are there for you two, too, because you guys fit in so perfectly. But these guys travel with us and and like you guys travel, you came a long way from where you live to Chicago to be with us. So it's very appreciated. But anyways, I think I'm digressing. I, I don't even remember what we were <laughs> discussing. Well, I was talking about his fanzine, Mike, or Dave, Dave's uh, fanzine. Yeah, there's a lot of issues of that, although he said that he's not going to do any new issues maybe he'll change his mind you know a lot of people do it was i mean and i don't read fanzines it's just not me i i was uh, i think um um i think i i was steps quoted over the weekend as saying i don't read road signs much less books <laughs> and that's just me you know i just i i'm not i i don't it's not that i don't like reading I just, it's, it doesn't fit my day. I, I'm too much into the movie thing. So my, my spare time, I like to fill it with movies for obvious reasons because of what I do and everything. But I, I totally agree. We had a, we had a good time. I could tell that everyone back there was very at ease with each other. We felt at ease. Uh, yeah, Ryan and Jen, and I've already, I mean, Ryan was on our first podcast. I, I know he's an intelligent, you know, movie guy. Uh, Jen, uh, his equal for sure. Uh, me and her were discussing uh, uh, silent films and actually silent uh, uh, samurai films. Now, I don't have those conversations with, with many people every day. So she's very intelligent, too, when it comes to films. Of course, Dave is as well. That, for me, was fun because we were bouncing things off each other and telling each other about movies that we hadn't seen before. And things, and we're all like jotting down names of movies and things like that, you know, that we hadn't seen. And that to me is fun. It's a learning experience. It's sort of, uh, um, it's like a treasure hunt, too, in a way. You know, you're there. What are you going to find? Every time we go to the go to a convention, it feel it does feel a little bit like like a treasure hunt. What are we going to find? What are we going to find? Because there's always such great vendors around you who are usually great people as well. Uh, we were across from. Greg and Jill from from Licks, uh, of course, oh, those yeah. are good good friends. Uh, some of my hometown friends, Kevin Strange and Gary Gary Nichols from Red Death, uh, mm-hmm. just just some just some good fun people, you know, who are all there too. And you kind of feel at home. And I've always said this about the conventions: I love the melting pot feeling of it with people who clearly 
in everyday life probably have no interaction, nor would they, but they all come and, and surround this common love they have for films and especially horror films. But these people at these shows these days, we're movie fans. Horror happens to be our favorite. But you start talking about Westerns, anything else, and boy, do you get some good conversations out of people. That's enjoyable. Yeah, well, there's some damn good Westerns out there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know? Absolutely. How does, uh, how does your, uh, is, is a uh, Django the Bastard a pretty popular film that's a good movie it's it's so so i you know it's not certainly not a failure the problem is that it's not with the movie or a restoration which is amazing it's Mm -hmm. the best this movie's ever looked it's more like if you had to ask me to guess i'd say people aren't looking at synapse for westerns you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what i'd say yeah but you gotta understand we don't just do horror we do anything that we like for whatever reason if we like a movie because of this or because of that we'll do it no matter what the genre is of course we've done comedies six days in ross 12 suckers hot dog the movie we've done action adventures like asylum and running time and you know westerns uh you know indies any anything that we like if we feel it's a good movie for whatever particular reason we'll release it. So right. it's not like we look for a particular g- genre other than horror. If your movie touches us in some way, we'll, we'll put it out. But yeah, it was a great, great table. Enjoyed having these kinds of conversations with people. Uh, yes. Your daughter, Noah, who uh, lovely young lady, very good parenting job. Jerry is a great person and she gives wonderful gardening tips. <laughs> Tim, she certainly has a green thumb. Yes, That's for sure. Yes, she does. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about. So, what we did here is now these people, this was handpicked by the one, the only, the master, Jerry Chandler. <laughs> handpicked a few people at this show. And Jerry is going to be handpicking some other people as well uh, along the way. But we talked to a couple of. I don't know. Even even me being there for the first time with you guys, I, I have a hard time saying fans. I would say friends of Synapse. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, these are the little sperms that are bouncing against the Synapse egg. Uh, they, you know, if I could bring these guys in, but unfortunately they have lives, you know, right. <laughs> unlike the rest of us. They, they've you been know, well fertilized uh, already, right? Yeah, but I mean, they are the the, the people that, you know, if they were available, I'd grab in an instant. Right. Uh, Drew knows so much about what he's interested in, and Boz was such a sweetheart. We've known her for 20 years, and she's just the greatest. Right. Well, let's start off with Drew. So so Jerry, uh, uh, nice-looking gentleman, walks up, and he's been talking to Jerry for a while, and of course Jerry goes, Tim! We need to talk to Drew. We need to talk to Drew. I was like, all right. So I was ready, being being always ready to be called into action. I was ready. And uh, now Drew Drew Breckman, all right, friend of Synapse, uh, has a connection to myself. Uh, his brother, Patrick, lives in St. Louis and comes and sees some of my bands play. Uh, I see him at conventions, and he's a very nice gentleman himself, and Angie and I know him. So hello, pa- Patrick. And uh, it was nice meeting Drew. 
and talking to uh, to Drew. So actually, Drew was he was ready. He actually took the recorder and he went outside and made sure things were quiet and stuff. I think he's done this before, Jerry. I think he's been on radio and I think he's been on a microphone before. So why don't we let's play uh, some thoughts that Drew recorded about uh, Synapse Films. Want to do that? Sure. Let's do that. What can I say about Synapse? It's a fantastic company that uh, I've been following for over 20 years since their inception uh, way back when. They've got a fantastic catalog of films, uh, a lot of exploitation, a lot of foreign films, and some wonderful little independent films that I never would have discovered had I not uh, trusted the curated approach that uh, Don and Jerry take when uh, selecting their films and going through the painstaking process of restoration on image, sound, things like that. Um, their products are a terrific value. Uh, there's all kinds of hidden little gems and nuggets out there to discover. So I encourage everyone to check out their catalog and take a chance on something that sounds interesting because it probably is. Good luck to everyone. Hope to see you guys for another 20 plus years here and looking forward to the future. Thanks. All right, that was Drew Breckman, friend of Synapse Films. Uh, I tell you what, Jerry, I think what I might end up doing after hearing Drew is I think I might hire him to dub my voice for this podcast. I'm <laughs> telling you, he's done this before, and he's got a real, a real good radio voice. And I, I, my joke is usually, and a face for radio. But no, he's a handsome <laughs> man, too, as well. So, But uh, thank you, Drew. A uh, few words about Drew, Jerry. You know, Drew, you know, he loves us, and he loves what we do, and, you know, it's funny because he didn't miss a beat. You know, there's a lot of people that will only buy directly from us because they know, you know, we get a few extra dollars and it's so important to them. They'll pay more so we can be supported by them. And Drew is certainly one of them. You know, he came up to the table. First thing he did was grab everything he missed for in the last two years. So, you know, it's some, you know, you, I don't know how to, put words to it but you know he is recognized as as one of our core fans because he good or bad he doesn't even care what the movie is what what it is he's getting he wants everything and that's dedication that's somebody who appreciates what you have to offer and you know it takes two you know right. it takes uh, the guy painting the painting and the person to look at it Right. You know, and, and, and this is it without one or the other, you got nothing at all. So right. yeah, Drew's great. And we look forward to seeing him every time we're in Chicago. He's wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah. It's a pleasure, pleasure meeting him. And I'm glad I know him now. And I've known Patrick for, Oh God, at least, at least 10 years, if not more. So hello to both them. And thanks. Thanks for everything they do and for being them. Um, our next guest that we had on, friend of Synapse, Jerry, you actually told me that we had to talk to this lovely young lady even before we showed up to the show. And that is the one and the only Boz. So uh, let's, let's uh, let, why don't we, uh, we have a little, a little chat with Boz, so why don't we play that and we'll come back and then uh, we can talk about Boz for a minute. How about that? Okay, gotcha. My name is Bozana, or AKA Boz. I am from Chicago, Illinois, but I now live in Niles, Illinois. And when did you first become aware of Synapse? Oh, 
boy. I would have to say, oh gosh, 20 years ago maybe? What was the first title you bought? The first it memorable one. Probably, well the first memorable one is Maniac Cop. Okay. But I know that's not the first one we got, but probably like one of the first ones we got. So, What's yeah. your favorite Sinatra? Um, I would have to say Probably Suspiria. I just I like the strong female role leader and not just like the helpless victim. You know what I mean? And now you had like, seen Suspiria before. Yes. What do you think of their version? Um, no, they do great work. I mean, I don't know the technicalities behind it. I just buy the shit and watch it. But you know. But looks a lot better. Oh hell yeah! Oh, you can definitely tell the difference for sure. You know. But um. Yeah, like what I like about Jerry and Don and all the guys, it's just like, you know, even though we don't see each other a lot, we see each other like maybe once or twice a year, but it's like, you know, you don't have to see your friends every day to be friends. They're good guys and like, and they're fun to hang out with and we're older now, we don't party as much like we used to, like back in the day, but you know, I think we'll always be friends. All right, Jerry, friend of Synapse Films, Boz, and we can't uh, we can't just say Boz without saying uh, something about her husband James, who is a wonderful wonderful human as well. I like I like talking to him as well as uh, as Boz as well. Uh, say say a little bit about Boz and James. You know, uh, we met Boz. Don and I met Boz. I think at the, you know, we've been doing flashback probably close to 20 years now. Uh, and I think we met her at the first flashback we ever did, which was the second one back in like 1843. And, uh, <laughs> was that you know, before or after you were a grand inquisitor before you became the master? <laughs> <laughs> they used to call me Torquemada. But anyways, when she came up to the table, She's like a force of nature, you know, she's her own thing. And it was like, oh my God, we, we took to her immediately. And like, again, she came to our rooms and we partied and, and it became a great thing. And then when we saw her the next year, it was like, Hey, there's that girl, boss, hey, boss, and whatever. And I mean, we hit it off with boss from the start. And the only thing I could say about James is we're so happy she found him because he loves her so much. And she's a very lovable person. And it's nice that to see somebody in her life that treats her with such love and respect. I mean, it's, it's, it's great for us to see. Right. She's as wonderful a person as can be. And I mean, I mean, even though she can't do the shows with us, like the volunteers and everything, she's every bit as important to us as everybody else. Sure. You know, she is just part of Synapse. We've adopted her, and, you know, Boz, I want you to know, you always got a, a place in an emergency. You ever need anything, she knows that she can call us. Right. Because she's very important to us, and just as a human being. She is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And we wish her nothing but the best. I really, really like her very much. Yeah, it was a pleasure meeting her. And I, I enjoyed I enjoyed talking to her, too. So it was fun. So sweet. Yeah. She yeah. was so sweet. I told her, we got to have you. We got to have you. It's very important to me to have you because we want her to, to feel like she's appreciated because she is. Right. 
and right. she was so nervous. It was so adorable. It was so, oh, you know, she was nervous. And it's like, don't be nervous. It's just us. Right. We're right. a bunch of knuckleheads, you know. <laughs> but oh, she gave it her best, and it was great. So, yeah. you know, yes. oh, what a wonderful person. You know, look, the fans are nice. They're good people, you know. They really are. And just some are just rise up to the, you know, you feel when you, even when you first meet them, you feel like you've known them your whole life. And you and Angie are like that. You know, we feel like we've known you forever. In a way, we kind of have because mm -hmm. we knew you before you were working with us. Oh, yeah. But still, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's certain people seamlessly fit right into what you're doing. And it's, it's almost as we were all designed to work together, you know? It's so nice. Right. You know, kind of talking about that, too. Now we have, you know, the, the Synapse friends. But some of Synapse's friends are also uh, other artists, uh, DVD companies or, you know, movie companies, other, you know, what have you. A lot of other people, these shows are very friendly and we all get along together. Look, here's what it is. For the, for the folks that come out to the shows, they, don't, they never see this. But when everyone loads in on, say, like Thursday or Friday morning. I mean, it's like a vendor party. Everybody's so glad to see each other. You know, oh, it's great. It's great. Now, when the doors open, it's all business. <laughs> then we're at our tables, you know, doing our things. But it's so great to have that camaraderie, you know, with everybody. And and it was fun, too, because one person you guys had met uh, many, many years ago, apparently, is author John Everson. And him and his son, Sean, were located directly behind this, and I learned very, very quickly that John was a very good friend also to Synapse. Uh, so let's... I actually did a little bit more of an interview. Now, he is an author, so I asked him a little bit about his books and, and, uh, and his writing and his past and stuff. So let's play my conversation with John, and then we'll come back and we will discuss John. How about that? Please do. Hi, I'm John Everson. I'm a Chicago horror novelist. And how many books have you written? Uh, I just turned in my 13th novel, uh, which is going to be a giallo homage called Five Deaths for Seven Songbirds. That'll be out in February. Uh, also have, I, I tend to write um, supernatural, occult, demonic horror, so my first novel was Covenant, uh, which won a Bram Stoker Award, and that was very much a, a small town demon uh, deal with the devil kind of horror book. Uh, when was your first book? When did you start writing books? Uh, I, my first actual book was a short story collection. So Delirium Books in Indiana put out Cage of Bones back in 2000. It was a limited edition hardcover collection of all the stories I'd written for various magazines and anthologies in the 90s. Um, so that was the first book. Uh, Covenant, the first novel, didn't follow until 2004. But what's your favorite book that you've written that you're most proud of? It's a hard question um, because I like them all, but I do think I probably would point to Nightwear uh, because that was that was the hardest book for me to write in a way. Um, I actually uh, Nightwear is it's sort of a sex club from hell book, right? So it's it's really extreme. It has a lot of sexual themes in it. You know, this couple goes into this sort of mysterious BDSM club and you have to have an invitation to get in. It's very secret. Um, and 
I thought of the idea for it back when I was writing Covenant, but I was like, I can't write that. I mean, that's like, you know, way too sexual, way too over the top. I can't put my name on something like that. Um, and it languished like for years, but I kept thinking about it. Like the story, I love the story idea. I just wasn't sure I could do it. Um, and so finally it, it ended up being uh, my sixth novel and my first novel for Sam Hain Publishing. Um, and even as I was finishing the novel, I was wondering, should I put a pseudonym on it? Should I, <laughs> right. should I not yeah. do this under my name? Um, but I, I was proud of it, and it's like I, I wanted to own it. It's mine. I want people to right. know it's mine. So I did. You know, I released it obviously under my name, and it ended up being a Bram Stoker finalist that year. Almost won the award, and got translated into German, and has sold thousands of copies in Germany. It's my bestseller over there. Um, so the book has just done really well, and it, it really seems to like it, it polarizes people so people either love it or hate it but you know I get a lot of people at shows who come up to me and are like oh my god Nightwear that was so intense when did you first meet Don and Jerry I met Don and Jerry at Flashback and I was trying to figure out what year it was with Jerry it's close to 10 years ago if not 10 years ago um, the year they had uh, Christina Lindbergh here at the show um, which I was you know, I was pretty new to the scene. I hadn't done that many horror conventions, and I was really just walking around. I didn't have a table here. And I met him, started talking to him, and he was like, yeah, I read books. I was like, yeah, I write books. He's like, all right, show me what you got. And <laughs> that began a friendship that went on for, you know, the last decade. Um, now every show that we're at together, like, we make sure we're, our tables are together. We go out to dinner, like, I love Jerry and Noah and Don, all of us. We've just become such great friends over the years. And they are amazing people and do amazing work with Synapse. Because I'm a huge movie fan, so, you know, that was what started it, as I was lurking at their table, um, you know, looking at what I needed to put on the DVD player. And now I seem to have half of their catalog. <laughs> well, what's some of your favorites? Sure. So, obviously, uh, you know, from that first show, um, when Christina was here, I picked up Thriller, a cruel picture, and had never seen it, didn't know who she was at the time, and then I was like, oh my god, this is amazing stuff. So I love that film. Went on and got all the other stuff that, he did, that she did, um, which they have. Um, you know, they've done everything, so, like, what is it, the uh, the Embodiment of Evil uh, disc, Good Old Coffin Joe, like, I was shocked at how good that was compared to the earlier movies, and their restoration of it is gorgeous, um, but probably the one that really got me the most is Suspiria, uh, because I've, I've, I'm a huge, huge Italian horror fan, and I'd always liked Suspiria, but I wouldn't have put it as one of my favorite movies of all time, necessarily, until... Uh, we were here at Flashback a few years ago when they debuted the remaster at the theater. And I watched it in the theater with them and it was like, holy shit, Jerry and Don, you have made a miracle. This film is gorgeous. And I just, I adored it. I went home, I, you know, obviously I grabbed the Blu-ray from them, went home and played it again, like, you know, a day or two later, um, and have played it multiple times since then and showed friends. And it is now literally one of my favorite all-time horror movies. And it's because of the restoration. Like, I knew it. So, and that's why the work they do is so important because, you know, some of these films have languished, they have really bad transfers, they're grainy, they're dark, and you watch them and you're like, oh, that was a good movie, but you don't have the same impact as it has when you see it clean up and fresh. And 
makes a world of difference. Um, I've seen a lot of films over the years that that has happened to, where the first time you see it, eh, and then you see it again cleaned up, and you're like, oh my god, that that's great. It's it's so important for film history, for horror history, to have people like Jerry and Don doing what they do. So tell everybody where they can go to look for your books. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, you can go to Amazon and just search for John Everson, but um, you can go to my website, johneverson.com. Uh, they're all listed there. Uh, you can find out uh, about my obsession with Giallo films, uh, <laughs> as, well as, uh, as well as books there. Friend of Synapse, very good friend of Synapse, author extraordinaire, John Everson. Jerry, talk about John for a minute. Well, I think everybody in the listening audience should know that my mom, John and I got my mom and his mom to work something out. We're now officially brothers. <laughs> wow. So I want to see that our, our contract. Kids, our kids, uh, you know, my daughter has to call him Uncle John and his son has to call me Uncle Jerry. I love this man. And his son and his wife, who I've met, and she's got the greatest first name you'll ever hear. It's Jerry. Ah, there you go. But I, I love these people. I met John. You know, it's funny. <laughs> For those people who don't know me, you know, I'm a very, I got a good heart, but I'm kind of a little off mentally. <laughs> so my sense of humor is, is different than most people's. So I, you know, I have a best friend in my entire life. His name's Jeff. I call him Dr. Jeff. He's a doctor. And I, I met him because we were at a health club. We were both on an adult swim team, but I had never talked to him before. And one day I saw him sitting in the whirlpool. Well, that, no, that's not true. Every day after we were done swimming, I would take a shower and get dressed. He'd be sitting in the whirlpool reading the Wall Street Journal. Finally, one day I had enough, and I went up to him, and I said, you, in the whirlpool, what do you think you're a big stock guy? What do you do <laughs> every day? You're reading the stock. And it broke the ice. He, he was, like, incredulous that a stranger would actually go up and say that to him as the first thing, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> but that's me, and he's now my, my best friend in my life besides Don. It's, you know, my second best friend or whatever is, is Jeff. You know, I was reminded by John at the show because we've been together so many years, how we met. He said, I was just sitting there at the, the flashback selling my books and you walked by my table and you looked at me and you said, so you're a book guy, huh? Uh, author, you think you're going to sell all these books, huh? And I said, he said, I, I couldn't believe someone was saying that. So I started talking <laughs> to you. Well, within one or two uh, flashbacks, I got Mike and Mia Kurz, the people who put it on. He is permanently next to the synapse table. Wherever we are, he's the next table over. I've We've had Noah, my daughter, and his son together, Sean, since they were little kids. And my daughter's a little bit older than him, but they were like... They were inseparable the whole weekend. It yeah. was so great. But, uh, yeah, John, I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I've gotten him to come to other shows, and he's always right next to me. And he's the closest thing to having my own brother there. Just love that guy. Love his family. 
again, you know, and we're friends with a lot of vendors. Uh, you mentioned legs. Who's who's greater than the Jill oh, right, and Greg? Right, yeah, uh, love them. Right? Always love them. Yeah. But but John and I, we've become closer, as close as you could possibly be. I would say as close. As, you know, I've met John's friends, his real life friends. They instantly become mine. You know, right, it's right. it's that kind of thing. So amount of adjectives or whatever <laughs> the words well, to describe these people, but they're very important to me. Right. Well, you know what? Uh, actually, John, he said a little bit about Synapse and some of the, the releases you guys did. Have you read John? I know you've read at least a couple of John's books, right? It's funny that you asked that. I've read every single thing John's ever written, except for the newest book, which he just gave me over the weekend. So, Well, talk about his yeah. writing. Tell everybody what you think about it. I love it. I mean, you know, he's, uh, you know, he, he can't be pigeonholed into a one certain type of story. You know, my particular favorite novel is called Violet Eyes. And I've been begging him for years, begging him to write a sequel. And I don't know, uh, maybe one day he will and dedicate it to this Jerry instead of the, the other Jerry in his life. Uh, right. But it was such a great book. Basically, basically, it's about a secret government lab that was ex genetically experimenting on a certain type of insect and what might happen if those got out in the wild. And it is one of the most horrifying stories I've ever read. You're reading it almost in a fetal state. You know, you're <laughs> curled up because you're cringing because one bite from these insects could be very negative consequences it's gonna ruin your day <laughs> yeah so i mean i mean it's a great and of course it, you know it sold out immediately uh, and then he's written another book uh called N uh nightwear and it's a kinky snm kind of uh horror story you know it's it's more adult oriented but it's it's really you know, he has a way of making you very uncomfortable while you're reading a story. You know, it's like, you know, it's like it, it hits home. He's quite visceral. Right. Well, and I, I, I am not, and I've, I've admitted this freely. I, 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 it's no disrespect to anyone. I don't read very much. However, Angie, she does. She enjoys reading. So where I will go and buy movies, she likes to buy books. So she picked up a few of John's books. And, of course, we will be reporting back. However, Jerry, unfortunately, you were describing the insect book to her. She has a morbid phobia about bugs, so she decided to pick other books, I think, besides that one. Uh, because it would be more than a fetal position, Jerry. She would probably be, like, clinging to the ceiling, screaming at yeah, me, reading I mean, the book. <laughs> that that book is going to be unreadable to somebody like that because right. it's it's really horrifying. Right. And it's it's very believable. You know, John works in the medical field. You know, he knows things that most of us don't know. So, you know, it's it's credible. That's the worst part of it. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, right. yeah. What is this gonna happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Well it was uh, for myself it was a it was a pleasure uh being next to John, his son Sean. And uh I, I had a little fun with Sean while we were <laughs> having dinner and stuff. That was fun. And, uh, yeah, it was great meeting them, and I can't wait to see them again, at least next year, Flashback. I'm sure we'll be back there. All right, Jerry. Well, up next, Horror Hound, September 10th 
through 12th in Cincinnati, HorrorHoundWeekend.com. Are you looking forward to that one? I am. Oh, my God. How can you not? If you're used to the meal that Mike and Mia serve at Flashback, it's a whole banquet at Horror Hound. Aaron and Nathan, again, like like Mike and Mia, they're, they're two people that where the shows didn't go to their heads. I mean, they're down to earth. They're engaging. They're friendly. They're kind. They're always in a good mood, no matter what pressure they have. And their shows are staffed by really nice people. They don't hire ogres to be guards. You know, it's just regular folks. And it's, I'm saying this for people that are doing, uh, promoting show people to listen, that even the smallest detail of your show is important. And the people you hire as security is a direct reflection on you. So if you have people who know what they're doing and they can handle crowds and vendors and fans without becoming belligerent or yelling or, or being pushy, that's, that's wonderful. And, and that's, you know, it's, it contributes to the friendly atmosphere of both those shows. And, and I'd throw Cinema Wasteland in there too. You know, the, the guards are fans and they treat people with respect and a little bit of dignity, you know, and it's like, great. You know, if you say, hey, you're standing in the wrong spot, can you stand over there, sir? Really appreciate it. I'm moving. If you come up to me and you push me on the shoulder and say, get over it, it's like, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what? You know? Right. And some some shows have people like that and some don't. Right. And for people listening that haven't been to a convention and if you decide to go to your – first of all, if you haven't, you need to. I mean, it has to be uh, uh, – you, you need to, you know, and so the thing is, is all you need to do is see the love in the air for people, for each other. And they they don't care about the things that people quibble about outside of the convention. It doesn't happen at the conventions. You just don't see it. It's a lot of love and a lot of unity of humanity, no matter what. And I, I really appreciate that. like that all every kind of person you can imagine. So very, very good. And. I know this show is a little different than the last couple episodes we've been talking about movies you guys have been putting out, but I think what's really important here is the, I, I, like I said, I, I, even after one show, the comfort zone between the term fan and friend is a real thin line there. It's kind of a blurry one, too, which is very cool. I like that um, about the company, and I could feel it while I was standing back there. You know, if, if you notice, I stood a lot of time, or I spent a lot of time in the back, of what was going on and kind of gazing, kind of watching what was going on. I like to observe. I like to see how things are going on, how people react to things and kind of sit back and just let things happen. And it was very cool to see that warmth and that camaraderie with people coming up to the table. And it was with everyone. People were coming up hugging Dave or hugging Ryan, Jen, and you. You know, and it was it was cool. It was because they they knew all of you. So it was very, very cool and a very good time. And I just thought... If this show is for the fans, let's do, when we get back from conventions, let's do shows about the fans. You know, let's talk to them and talk about them and let them, let them say something to everybody else listening. So I think this would be a fun little idea. You know, it's so important to do a show like this. If for no other reason that if people don't really know us, they think Synapse is just me and Don. And in a sense it is, Mm -hmm. but it's not. It's we're the sum of the parts and 
all these folks are are part of what's added into the equation and it's not synapse it, it, if it's just me and don it's not the full synapse wow. you understand yes so it's important to bring attention to the other people that make us what we are whatever that is <laughs> right knows? right well you know right. but but it's important it, they have to be acknowledged because i want them to know how important they are to don and i from a fan like uh boz or drew uh another vendor like uh john or or the the, the staff mm-hmm. you know it, it's just we're not synapse without every one of those people and and that's why this is such a this is a thank you a, you know with love to all the people who help make us what we are oh certainly a big happy family and what greater sight could you see right all right jerry well up next we will be at horror hound cincinnati again september 10th through 12th go to horrorhoundweekend.com Oh, and here's uh, an exciting thing. Let me let me just say this about that. You know, they uh, we are showing we. I don't know if this is a news item or not, but we are doing a major restoration, a Suspiria Living Dead at Manchester Morgue style restoration on Tombs of the Blind Dead. Everybody's finally going to get a perfect version of that movie as far as we can make it, but it's great. And again, it's going to be premiering at the Fantasia Film Festival in Montreal, I think this week or next week or whatever. So look for reviews on it. Of course, the discs won't be ready for a year still, but the, the work on the movie is is done. And the the Horror Hound Cincinnati people have expressed interest in maybe screening it during that convention. And we I know Don is working with them to try and get them what they need. They have a particular computerized system for screening stuff, and it's not what we're used to. And we're not sure we're going to be able to provide them with something that they can use, but we're going to make every effort to do it regardless of cost, because we just think it would be great for the fans that show up there to get to see, first of all, it's a great movie, right? But second of all, it's our restoration. And, you know, again, we will have nothing to sell, but we, we just want people to see it because we take so much pride in this. You know, we work so hard on it and I say we, and it's, it's Don really, but, you know, it, it it's just going to be a. We're we're hoping to bring it for everybody, so the the people who can get the tickets to that will just have something great. You know, uh, when we showed, uh, uh, Suspiria, the uh, DK D, uh, whatever it's called, DCP that we made for uh, Fox at uh, Flashback. See, did you really see how many people still came up to us? It was three, four years ago, and they came up to us and say, "Oh, I was at the Suspiria theatricals. Right. It was so great." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that 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 kind of stuff is priceless, you right. know. So we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna make every effort to try and get. Um, uh, something that they could screen at, at the Cincinnati Horror Home. Oh, excellent, excellent. So no promises, but we're going to try. So keep your eyes open 
uh, to see if that is going to happen. So there is the honest dope there for what's going on. They're going to try to get that. That would be great if for nothing else, a lot of people really, and I don't have to say this, but let's just say it anyway, a lot of people would really enjoy seeing that film on the big screen because I suspect most people didn't have the opportunity the first time around. So this would be very cool for people. Not just that, but I think our restored versions, like over a half hour longer. I mean, you know, so they're going to get to see stuff that they, even if they had seen it theatrically, they probably would have seen because back in the seventies, they were making movies like that cut, you know, they were cutting them. Right. So it's going to be a big, big treat aside from the fact that you could see it on the big screen. Aside from the fact that it's been restored, it's complete. All right. Mm. That's you know, to me, that's always the the, the sexiest point. The, oh yeah. The, the yeah. fact that it's complete. Right. So right. I always get mad when I buy something and I find out later it's like edited or it's not the it's not, it's not the complete vision of the film. Like, oh man, you know, because as a collector, yeah. that's what you want. And you're like, yep. oh man, because then you know you got you're you're gonna buy it again. You're gonna you're gonna end up getting it again because so as you have said, you guys put out movies that when people buy them, they won't have to buy them again. They won't have to. They can if they want to, like in the Deans, for an upgraded version. But their existing version is so good, it's their choice. Well, this was a fun. It was a fun weekend, Jerry. Thank you to thank you to yourself, to the rest of the people behind the table that that me and Angie had such a wonderful time with. Thanks to everybody that came up to the table, um, and and said hello and hello to the other vendors. I it seemed like everyone was having a good, relaxing weekend. People were very respectful of each other throughout the play. It's it's been a while for a crowd to be together. And it seemed like people not only remembered how to do it, but even seemed a little more respectful to each other. It seemed like it was a very good, mellow, relaxed crowd. Uh, it was a good time. I can't complain about one thing. I can't think of one negative at all. So that's that's rare, actually, because I like to complain, Jerry. I like to complain. <laughs> I got nothing to complain about. Damn it. So we'll see if we can find something to horror hound, but I doubt it. So... Uh, I guess the next show, we may do a similar show to this, but from Horror Hound. So that's maybe the idea, but we'll see what happens between now and then. Uh, but it was great, great seeing you, and uh, it's going to be nice seeing you again very soon, too. Yeah, can't wait. All right, Jerry. Thanks for, uh, as always, thanks for uh, chatting with me and chatting with the friends of Synapse. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Always a pleasure, Tim. All right, folks, again, thank you, Jerry, as always, for taking time out to speak with me and the fans and friends of Synapse. And special thanks goes out to Drew, Boz, and author extraordinaire John Everson for talking with us and being guests on the Synapse Films podcast. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure speaking to you guys. And personally, it was a pleasure meeting all of you. And I look forward to meeting more friends of Synapse Films, and I will have the opportunity to do that at Horror Hound Weekend, September 10th through 12th in Cincinnati. Again, horrorhoundweekend.com for more info on ticket information and hotel information should you want to attend that. 
And if you do, make sure and stop by and say hello at the Synapse Phones table. It was an honor and a pleasure to be your tour guide on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Until we meet again, be safe, be good to each other, and be right back here next time for the next episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We couldn't be here without you, the fans. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for your continuing support of Synapse Films. I'm tired of being upset. Oh, it's worse than I never get.